Welcome back to Inspiring Neighbors Podcast, where we showcase seemingly ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Today we had what I'll call a, a surprise of a guest. Uh, he is my massage therapist, but proved to be much more than just a massage therapist. Uh, his name is Masood Shahanagi, and he he was so open on his beliefs and his concepts and the way he understands the universe and the world and the body um and it's just fascinating to listen to what did you think yeah totally it was a pleasure to meet him uh i can see why <laughs> you get massages with him as, <laughs> as we discussed um i think that the hearing about the twists and turns his life has taken and how he's learned to understand life and himself and his path and the human body and all of these things like you he's such a thoughtful person Very. and uh so what we heard today was just it was a, a gift to me to be able to hear what somebody's conclusions are at this point after thinking about it for it seems decades yeah. um these developing these concepts he said he's a he's a philosopher definitely so he is great great chat yeah he's a undiscovered <laughs> philosopher uh we got to hear about his immigration story from iran to canada uh the challenges and even the non-challenges, I'll call it, that mm -hmm. once the timing is right, everything just lined up. Yeah, I think everybody will really enjoy listening to his, his theories. Mm -hmm. Please let us know what you think. Uh, we love hearing, hearing what everyone thinks of the episodes, so please continue to do that. Please enjoy Masood Shahanagi. Let's talk to our neighbors, because everyone can inspire. The Inspiring Neighbors Podcast Lightyear When I was young, I used to dance Lazinka. What is that? It's a Russian dance. Well, it's a Turkish dance, but it's, uh, it's like, if just to make uh, that it makes sense for you, it's like uh, Irish dance. Oh, yeah, really? I used to do that. And... Uh, I remember once in Canada, somebody told me in a celebration, we were in a party, I said, could you do that Lazinka dance? And I did it. I almost had a heart attack. I just, no, <laughs> that, that's it. I'm, I'm retired from that. Oh, that's amazing. How old <laughs> oh, were you was, when you stopped? Oh, it was not a professional dance. Mm -hmm. I just learned it, oh, you know, cool. from my friends and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. Lazinka? Lazinka. You can YouTube it. I'm going to YouTube you Masood. <laughs> No, no, not Masood. <laughs> Just type Lazinka, you will see. Okay. So welcome, Masood, Thank to you. our studio. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Glad to be here. It's been a while since we had a real person in the studio. <laughs> I oh. keep saying real person. <laughs> so, Masood, you are my massage therapist. I told Angela that you're more of a mental therapist for me than a massage therapist. Oh, that's glad to hear that. <laughs> I think you should charge me double every time. One well, for the massage and one for the... That's a thought. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll consider I'm that. I'm going to regret saying that. But every time I go to see Masood, we have like the best conversation. And they're often very deep, philosophical. Uh, if there's anything on my mind stressing me, I talk to Masood about it. And he always has a great opinion. So No, thank you. I, uh, I didn't know I had that impact on it. Yeah, you did. Well, that's and that's great. why I asked you to be here. I think oh, you're awesome. Thank you. Very inspiring person. So thank you. Thanks for joining us. I wanted to start with your immigration story. Well, um, I don't know what did I tell you, but uh, 
It was, uh, I landed in Canada in 1996. Okay. And it was June 29th. Um, and then a couple of days later, the whole Canada celebrated my arrival on oh, July yes. 1st. Yeah. yeah. So they so. called it Canada Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, it was Masood arrived. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that was that. And um, the story behind that is um, that kind of makes me always think is the timing mm. of universal timing, what I call it. Okay. <clears throat> because I remember when I was young, um, since I finished my high school, I always wanted to come out uh, of country to study. Right. To go to university. And the reason was majority of my friends came out. And uh, <clears throat> I was very, very feeling very alone in Iran mm -hmm. because I lost all of my high school friends. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, my brother was in Germany studying already. And uh, my dad's response was, let's get you to university here, that you finish your uh, undergrad. And mm -hmm. then by then, your brother is finished. Because right now, I cannot afford to have two mm -hmm. uh, tuition fees to pay um, abroad. Right. And I was not going to go to Germany. I was going to go to U.S. or England, obviously two different countries, because I was English-speaking. I was not German-speaking right. in terms of what I learned in high school. Yeah. So it happened that, well, I was kind of in agreement and not in agreement. I was not convinced completely. So when, I, when he put me into, in, and in Iran, um, still there. If you want to get into university, you have to uh, take an exam. Okay. And normally, about half a million people participate in that exam. And the capacity at that time for that year was 50,000 students. So 10% oh, wow. would get in. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, and oh, my dad's condition was if you do not pass this exam and can't get into university, that's fine. I'll, I'll find a way that I'll send you out. Mm. And that triggered a trick in my mind. Yeah. I thought, hmm, how about if I don't study for it? Yeah. I pretend that I'm studying, but I'm not studying. Mm -hmm. so I <clears throat> spend most of the time playing snooker mm. and billiards. And <laughs> 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 uh, of course, with the friends and some of the other friends that I had. And then uh, it happened that when we did the test and I was sleeping, I remember I was sleeping and they usually used to announce the results in newspaper. Mm -hmm. And I remember my dad and my mom, they come and they're so happy and they're kissing me and mm. it's like, that. <laughs> oh, you got accepted to university. <laughs> oh, <no>. And... <laughs> And I, as I was sleeping, I thought, ah, oh, these guys are lying. They're yeah. trying to get me get out of the bed. Yeah. Then I thought, usually that's my mom's job to make noise and stuff like that to wake <laughs> me up. And not my dad wouldn't come up yeah. and give me a hug and kiss and stuff like that. And so, then I woke up and I looked at the newspaper with a red circle around my name. They, I found, I said, ah, oh, God, I said. I studied too much. <laughs> I studied too much, yeah. 
Of course, I was on the on the borderline not to be accepted. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I got into university, and my my first field was uh, mechanical engineering. That okay. was my favorite, but yeah. I got accepted into a very good university. That was number one in the university. That, oh, wow. that was my dad's push to get into a good university, but then you can change right. the field of your study, get to the field that you want. Yeah. But I got accepted in mathematics, which had three majors. One was pure math, applied math, and then mathematics, applied math in computers. Okay. After that, I studied probably for a semester or two. Then my dad passed away and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And then I had to give up a little bit. And also in country, the situation changed and there was a revolution and things like that yeah. that was going on. The universities were closed for a couple of years mm-hmm. uh, to re- revamp the programs and curriculums and things like that. Oh, wow. So my my field of study, becoming from applied math in uh, applied in computers, became computer science mm-hmm. and software. Okay, that's that's what it became, and that's how my journey started with computer. Gotcha background. And, so did you? What did you do for those two years while they were revamping it? You, <clears throat> I worked just... with um, my uncle had a uh, trading company. Okay, he used to do uh, import export. Oh, okay. And my dad was involved with him because he got retired from. Well, he was retired before, but he was he had a second um, job in one of the universities. He was very he loved academic. Uh, gotcha. Environment. Yeah. So he was working as the manager of the public relations for the university, actually the same university that I got oh, okay. into. Yeah. And <clears throat> then um, after he got laid off, after the revolution, uh, obviously they wouldn't allow their retired people to work. Right. And then he, uh, he got into business with my uncle. Okay. And when he passed, that business, I inherited it. So gotcha. I became a partner with my uncle oh, wow. in Germany. He was living in Germany and mm-hmm. we were doing trades mm-hmm. from oh. there. So I got to learn quite a bit of business and entrepreneurship yeah. and accounting mm-hmm. and fi- finances and things yeah. like that. So That kind of changed my path into uh, in the business world. I was going to ask, like, did that make it harder to go back to university after no, 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 working? No. Or you I, I always uh, I was determined to have higher education. Okay. And in fact, I'm, I, I stopped at undergrad, uh, Bachelor of Science, but my goal was to have a PhD. Gotcha. At this age, still, I have that mm-hmm. goal. But you should. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe after I retire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my retirement job. How's that? Love it. No, I, I don't know yet, but uh, I cannot promise that to myself. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, that was the path that I was going. I always thought of a higher education. Why do you think? Education is power. When you educate yourself, of course, now my, at that time, my opinion was, because I was younger, was academic education. Mm-hmm. But these days, I don't believe that you need to have academic education. You can educate yourself. Just mm-hmm. by talking like this, I can educate myself. I learned about you guys. I learned about the environment. I learned about podcasting and mm-hmm. things like that. I may become your 
competitor. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm joking. <clears throat> yeah, that's education is power. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, when you open your eyes and you observe, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that you uh, you will lose in terms of learning. You never lose of learning things. And you have to have an open eye, open ear, and open heart in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And always, the reason that I came with that, when I look at religions, and I see the head of the religions, the prophets, and they come, they never had a very uh, formal education in their lives. Mm-hmm. They had always, they were observant, mm-hmm. and they opened their minds, and Maybe that's why they could connect with the universal wave of whatever came to them mm-hmm. that they created those religions. So interesting. I was curious about that because I think we'll come back around to that. But I see you. You said you stopped at your bachelor of science, but it, based on your credentials, your education continued oh. in many different. Well, ways. the reason that I stopped it because mm-hmm. I got into life. You know, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Uh, I got married back in Iran and. Uh, for six years, and then I got into work with my friends. We had a uh, company. We were sixteen shareholders. Wow! Yeah, we had a very good company, and yeah, yeah. Um, we were ranked number twelve um, out of about four or five hundred company IT companies. About we were oh, not smart. IT. We were our focus was uh, development of software. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, and in all those companies that they were hardware and software, we were the only software, only software. And uh, we were number 12 in all of those, but number one in software development. Holy cow. This was after university, right? This was after university. Okay. But you hadn't left Iran yet? No, no. Okay. I left Iran after uh, the unfortunate of... uh, divorce and also the um, I gave up my shares mm-hmm. to my friends that mm-hmm. I don't hold up anything right in terms of the company oh wow so I had nothing when I came here I yeah. didn't have any belonging in Iran oh wow I except my my you. mother my my sister and you know my yeah, family, but, family. Yes. did you enjoy the work that you were doing with them oh yeah yeah so it was hard to I've told up. you I enjoy any work that I do. That's Doesn't one of matter my what questions thing. coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't dislike any work that I do. Doesn't matter what level, mm-hmm. what type, and uh, what the work is. I create an interest in myself that I love it so much that I spend majority of my time in work. It's so admirable because I've tried to do that and I've, I've not had success at that. No, I've done uh, a lot of work, mm-hmm. but in every single one of them, I I enjoyed uh, working in every single one of them. The reason is, as I said, when you open your eyes, your ears, and your heart to it, you learn from that. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do. I I was when I was in uh, university as a student. I. After I got back to university, when the university is open, I actually, our company, we had to dissolve it with my uncle. Okay. 
because the trading was becoming quite tough. Right. And export-import was getting a little bit um, tougher to get into it and stay in it. Mm -hmm. It was not as um, liquid that it should be. Yeah. But uh, so for that reason, we had to stop it. Right. So it was becoming challenging. And when I got back to university, I wanted to focus on my studies. But because I had to work, so I did side works as well. I worked. My first work, I remember, I was a, a security in a rug company, like carpets. They sold uh, Persian rugs. And because it's very valuable, it's very subject to being uh, you know, broken into. Yeah. So I was the security in there. I would sleep oh, on the yeah. rocks. <laughs> and just guarding the rocks. And if amazing. if somebody would break in, I would call the police or I would call the owners and stuff like that. Yeah. But from there I just learned something that how I can lock myself in. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah. So that was my very first job. And then um well, my first job was the work that I did with my uncles. Yeah. But the thing is that seems a slope in terms of the career or the work mm. that I used to do. But again, when you need to make money to survive and to live, you do whatever you need to do. Mm. But at the same time, you don't have to say, oh, this is a low job and yeah, I cannot do that or I hate it or yeah. something. Then I got hired by uh, one of my uh, friend's brothers had a auditing company. I got into auditing after that. Oh, interesting. A junior auditor. I Well, of course, I was doing the legwork of auditing, but mm -hmm. because I didn't have any education in uh, financials or accounting, yeah, I did uh, some auditing work for a few years, actually, for two, three years, until almost to the end of my uh, studies. Wow. I worked with them. Oh, cool. It was great. That was one of the best uh, experiences I had because it, I learned a lot about accounting, mm -hmm. and that creates a, a an interest in me in regards to accounting and auditing. Mm -hmm. And I loved accounting and numbers oh, and things like that. So, mm -hmm. and that kind of pushed my career in terms of the computers mm -hmm. to developing software f for businesses, not mm -hmm. not gotcha. technical sort of. Yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That does make sense. That was that was one of my interesting wow. um, experiences that I had. I loved it very much. Mm. So, in the software company, were, was your role more on the software development side or more on the business side, or was there both? Well, I started with uh, coming as a project manager and the software developer, and with with our friends, of course. Our structure was not hierarchical. Mm -hmm. We were in form of a web. And what I mean by that is that I could have been a project manager in one project, mm -hmm. but I was a programmer in another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So while I was bossing some people around, for example, mm -hmm. just code and code, but I was being bossed around by another person. So mm -hmm. because we have, each one of us had, a expertise in terms of programming and project management and things like that. Mm -hmm. right. um, each one of the shareholders took on one management of the one of the projects. Uh, so we we kind of uh, 
moved it around and we because we didn't want to hire hire again become we were about at that time 16 partners uh, which half of them were not really active partners they were more of uh, investors mm-hmm. uh, about probably half of us eight to nine people of us we were the ones that we were younger at that time and we were doing the actually the work right so yeah it between that and the staff that we had with about probably we were about 20 people hmm. 25 people Man. wow so, so successful for such a small team yeah, yeah yeah we were really so then at one point you you left that business <clears throat> right yeah it was uh 1995 i was sitting in my office one of my friends which we worked together as well um we were all our university friends mm-hmm. majority they called it the uh, sheriff mafia which is the name <laughs> of my my university oh, okay majority of our uh, team was from that university because we knew each other mm-hmm. we wanted to work with people that we knew right yeah he came and he put his resignation on the table and said uh what's going on yeah i he said, well, I got accepted to go to Canada. Mm-hmm. Mm. And at that time, well, I was uh, alone and in terms of my personal life, and I was keep thinking about it, that I should probably go out again, yeah. and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. thinking to go to Germany and stay with my brother and continue my education. But because I was engaged in life and in business and uh, those matters, I for now I forgot about it. Yeah. It never crossed my mind that I can go out. Right. Then when I thought I uh, heard that Canada is actually accepting immigrants, uh, I said, "Computers are good." I said, "Computers are hot. Mm-hmm. They accept very very easier, and they love to have computer guys." Mm-hmm. So I said, "How long does it take to?" process they said about two years okay his mind took two years okay <clears throat> so he put his resignation i said well make sure you keep in touch because mm. now you intrigue something in me yeah i may actually pursue it mm. he said sure um and when he came to calgary he actually sent me his address and his phone number and he oh, cool. kept in touch then <clears throat> few months later, I kind of thought maybe I should pursue it mm-hmm. and uh, went home, told my sister. Uh, at that time, the immigration office of Canada was in Damascus in Syria. Okay. And Syria has some uh, religious shrines that people do religious tours mm-hmm. to go there. Yeah. And my sister had that uh, interest. Okay. <clears throat> I said, do you want to go to Syria? We can go for mm-hmm. for a tour, and I can probably apply for my uh, for my immigration. Right. And as I was going, all of my colleagues filled up an application and gave it to me to take it wow. to Syria. Oh, wow. <laughs> I took about 15 applications. <laughs> We're moving the whole company. <laughs> <laughs> well, then... Uh, 
<clears throat> my when I act, in fact, I, when I went to Syria to the embassy and um, submitted our applications, I said, "This is mine. These are the other 14. I said, "What are you? Are you a broker or something?" Yeah. I said, "No. Look at the address. They're all my colleagues." Yeah. He looked. He said, "Yeah." What's going on? I said, I don't know. They 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 are applying, yeah. and probably half of them didn't even bother to come. But yeah, I said they they saw that it's free application. <laughs> they just submitted it, and out of fourteen, uh, no, out of the other fourteen, yes, uh, probably um, two of them didn't get accepted because they were in health. Okay, um, one of them was a dentist, and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My sister was herself was in health. Yeah, uh, she was an inspector to the hospitals at the time, and they didn't get accepted because Canada didn't want those fields gotcha. at the time. But majority of the computer guys, they got accepted. Wow! And yeah, probably twelve of them got accepted. Holy! Anyway, I submitted that. Uh, the next day, I received, went to check the results. That's the process. You submit a preliminary application or mm. the initial application. That tells you if you have a chance to get accepted or not. Right. That's the good thing with the process. Mm. So, as I said, 12, 13 of us got accepted. With the potential of being uh, able to immigrate to, uh, migrate to Canada. Mm-hmm. Then... When I went and I got the application, now I had to f- submit the main application, which is a long application. Mm-hmm. You, they ask from everything. They mm-hmm. left, right, and center of you. You have to give them the information. Yeah. Um, then they ask for documentation, which I took all of my documentation with me because I didn't want to waste time. Yeah, mm-hmm. come back. I, yeah, two years. At the time, I was like probably 34. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to wait too long that it's too late for me to migrate. Right. Mm-hmm. The older you get, the tougher to establish yourself in a new yeah. place. So I submitted everything, and again, the next day I went and I got accepted, and they said, um, so when do you want your interview? I said, whenever you guys want. Mm-hmm. She said, can you be here in, I think she said three days, four days? I said, no, my visa will be finished in Syria, so I have to go back and come back in a week or two. Uh, and that was already in November. Gotcha. And she said, no, by then we will be uh, closed for Christmas. How about mm-hmm. we set you up for 5th of January? I never forget. I said, 5th of January? That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I thought she, six months mm-hmm. Yeah, they were going to give me a timeline. I said, sure, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. So I came back, I reapplied for the visa to go back, this time by myself, of course. Well, my sister said, I don't want to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I came back and I did the interview, and then they asked for my health check, um, go to visit the doctor to do a vis- physical. Mm-hmm. And I did the physical in Iran, in mm-hmm. Tehran. Um, I said, I have to go there because I had no, uh, first of all, I didn't know their language to communicate with the doctor. And also I thought that documentation is in Iran. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. prepared for that at all. I didn't know that it's going to go that fast. Mm -hmm. 
and I did my physical, came to transferring money to Canada. That was a little bit of a challenge, but my brother in Germany found a way. I, in fact, we didn't know that. My friend here said that they do not accept to open an account as a joint when you're not here. It has to be under your name. Your name has to be on the account, and they do not do the joint account. Okay. So I gave my brother a um, power of attorney, and he said, there is a Royal Bank branch here in Germany. Mm -hmm. I'll check with them. Mm -hmm. So he checked, and they said, yes, we can do it. Just have some power of attorney, and we will do that. And we did that. We transferred the money at the time, the one that they needed, because at the time you needed to have, like, I think $8,000 in your account. Oh, wow. That's the cost of your six months of your living in right. Canada, that if you don't find a job, mm -hmm. you have enough money to live. For 8000 Yes. Holy smokes. So <clears throat> that's, um, that uh, we transferred that and we got ready. And I got probably in a month or so after that, I got my... Um, landed immigration, the PR mm -hmm. paper um, in the mail, and I got it. So the process that took my friend two years, I explained all of these to come to this point, took him two years, yeah. and that was the majority of the processes that would go mm -hmm. through, uh, majority of applications and people that I heard, it mm -hmm. took them two to two and a half Nowadays, it's even longer, like three years or four years. Mm -hmm. It took them that long for me from A to Z. It took me eight months. Oh, my God. I got in November to, to the embassy with my first application, and I landed in Canada June 29th, oh. 1996, so 95 to 96. That's what I mean. When the timing, universal timing is correct mm -hmm. and it's the time doors open yeah one after another and you do not it was to the point honest to god i told my mother i said this is going way too fast i'm scared i was gonna ask that like that happened you're probably ready for two years right you have yeah. some time to think about it yeah I, I, for two years i was ready to prepare myself mm -hmm. you know settle things there i didn't have to sell my shares to the company that fast. Yeah. But luckily my friends, well, my friends, they said, we'll take the risk. We will buy this shares from you. Mm. Uh, and uh, anyway, it's the, the matter of the fact it's took that short of a time. And my mother said, you know, she was great. She said, you know what? Go to Canada, do your landing that you don't lose the opportunity. Yeah. And because you have a limit, uh, you cannot just wait right. forever. Land there, just stay there for a month. See if you like it or not. Just imagine you're on a vacation. Yeah. You have the visa. Yeah. Just go and stay for a month, two months, three months, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. How much you have the money that you can spend there. Mm -hmm. Stay there and see if you like it, stay. If you don't, then you can come back. Yeah. The doors are still open. You don't, you haven't lost anything. Yeah. So that's an idea. <laughs> so I did that. And the, the rest is history. I'm, since 1996, I'm here. It's so interesting. The, the part that I am interested in is like the universal timing that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because 
like were there other opportunities earlier before that for you to say okay i'm going to canada that's um since i was 18 and uh, probably i shouldn't say this but for six years i tried everything to get out right when i was in university mm -hmm. anything you can imagine i'm not going to mention one by one yeah uh I tried everything to come out. None of them worked. Every single possibility that I found that I could get out came to a dead end. Wow. At the time, I was getting upset. I was mm -hmm. thinking, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. Why everybody can get out easily? But when it comes to me, something happens that stops me. Mm -hmm. Now, when I think about it, uh, look back i realized that actually it was to my benefit the things that happened in my life during those years i was not supposed to live then wow um <clears throat> i don't know if you guys know that or not we had about eight years of war uh from 1980 until 1988 mm -hmm. so those years although may seem dangerous but i had to be there to be a support probably for my family, for my mom, right. for my sister. Yeah. Potentially it was that, but I don't know what was the reason, but I couldn't get out. Mm -hmm. So after five, six years, when I was 24, 25, um, I'm coming to close. Actually, no, when I got married, I was finished with the university. I was in actually military service. And that... Um, because in Iran, military service is mandatory right. after you finish your education. Okay. So it's, uh, I got married then. Mm -hmm. So, and when I got married and I thought, you know what? Life is life. What can I do? Let's yeah. forget it. I just forgot about it and mm -hmm. get on, got, yeah. uh, you know, I started my life and went on with my life. And then this happened. Wow. Wow. And you can see chronological orders of the things that happened that opened that path for me. Yeah. From, um, it was not a good incident that happened that I got divorced, but it was something that needed to happen that I feel free enough that I can move. Right. Or move on. Yeah. That's... There's a, one of my favorite quotes is by Steve Jobs, and he says, you can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only connect them looking backwards. Mm -hmm. So you have to trust that they'll connect in the future. True. And this is a good example of that, because while you're in that, it's just frustrating. You're just very frustrated. Mm -hmm. Like, why are all these things happening? Why can't I get out? And then eight years later, you look back and you're like, oh, that's why. It all makes so much sense. True. And that, that causes that now at least at this age, maybe a little bit later, but not too late, because I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's that you trust universe. Yeah. If something is not going, my if I would have a suggestion to younger generation is that if something is not going the way that you want, necessarily the way that you want is not the best way that you need. Mm. You know? Yeah. You have to wait until the timing the timing is important. You cannot open your door in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. You have to wait till morning to okay. open to get out. Yeah. It's 
if you're stuck in a situation, just trust it. And I'm not saying don't work for it. Mm -hmm. Don't open your eyes for it. Don't open your heart for it. But I'm saying wait for it. Mm. Right. When it's not working, wait for it until it happens. And when it happens, trust me, the doors will open the ways that you cannot even imagine how they open. I, I never thought this way to mm. come to Canada or anywhere else. I did not even, I was not even planning to come to Canada, to be honest. It just happened. Yeah. So my, my main target was Germany or Sweden or somewhere around there. Because they had free educations, to be honest. Yeah. But, but the thing is, um, the destiny, that's another thing that I always daydream about it. The destiny, you do not have control over it. You make choices, but you do not have control over it. Your destiny is written. So define destiny then. Is that the end point? Yeah, it is. Um, oh, we are getting into <laughs> because what to I another heard, rabbit hole. <laughs> what I heard is you can make decisions and you can go this way or that way and choose your path. Yeah, but your destiny. End... You know, you have a start point and you have a end point. Mm -hmm. Between these two, you have no choice. You don't have any control over it. Um. It's written for you. Hmm. And I will explain it, how my analogy works, okay. because that's why I said we are getting into another rabbit hole in my mind. <laughs> I use this analogy, by the way. I use, I have to have this disclaimer. I use this analogy to make things simpler for me to understand. Yep. I'm not creating any philosophy or any, any new ideas or anything. These are just for myself. How that you're asking, I'm responding to. Mm -hmm. And I hope I don't become... Uh, Somebody's, you know, a famous get, philosophy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I hope not. But uh, the thing is, I don't want, I don't want somebody to get offended by what I'm saying. It's not, it's not a new idea or anything. It's just mm -hmm. my own analogy yep. to make things simpler for me to understand. In my, I have come to this understanding that the beginning and the end is written, and the beginning on the earth and the end is our birth and death. Mm -hmm. So by the time we die, we accomplish something, we fulfill something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Even in my own life, I don't know what is my purpose. Okay. Uh, I haven't come to that kind of uh, knowledge yet. When, when you start and you end, which is not in your control, but in between, you go through a process. And when you go through that process, you have choices. Those choices make your path either longer or it makes it shorter. For example, I could probably choose to do something or say, coming out. I, I chose and I tried a lot and I went to the back, you know, deadlocks and mm -hmm. I chose another thing and I went to the deadlock and then I went to a loop and I said, you know what, forget it. And I went through the process of life. Mm -hmm. And then another event happened or another process happened. Then I came to uh, to this realization, oh, I want to go to Canada. Yeah. And I came to Canada. 
Canada was in my destiny hmm. somewhere. Yeah. I didn't know it. And I have many friends that they came to Canada, but it never crossed my mind because my situation at the time that I was thinking of coming out, Canada, I didn't have resources in Canada. Right. I had resources in Europe. So it never crossed my mind. Yeah. But it was in my destiny. Mm -hmm. So somehow, universally, that process took me to a way that created some resources here for me that I could now afford to come to Canada. Either financial or friend, having a friend here, mm -hmm. having somebody here, you know. Yeah. All of these lined up that I could land here. So these choices, I call it, um, this is my own thing. I have to probably copyright it. <laughs> I call it algorithm of life. Okay. This algorithm, the beginning and the end is written. Mm -hmm. it's, we can't do anything about it. Okay. But the rest in the middle, you can choose what processes you go through. You come to a question, diamond box, mm -hmm. and you can go by yes and no, mm -hmm. or this way or that way. Normally we call it fork of life. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can change the path, and that decision can make you to go a little bit quicker in life, mm -hmm. to fulfill mm -hmm. your purpose, or you may go a longer way. So it makes it longer. That's why some people come here. You see, some people die early. Mm -hmm. They go fast. They go, even when they're babies, they go fast. That's the, probably that little process that was left for them to fulfill. Or a shorter process. Or they may have made impact so fast mm -hmm. that they have shortened their path from beginning to the end when they fulfill it that's it you have to go your suffer is finished mm. it has done its test has done its work and then you have to get it uninstalled wow that's my opinion yeah that's what i think but i don't know maybe right maybe wrong so that's how i understand life in i love it it's so interesting so then do you think because I, I have a belief that you are here to have an experience. Yeah. And how do I phrase it? Do you think all of, like, even the babies with the very short lives, do they, exp do they always experience what they're here to experience? Like you said, the software did its job. Could be. Could be they have, might have, um, the impact that they have on, say, parents. Right. Maybe that. That's a, that's the fulfillment that they have to, su to support that parent. Right. And that's it, that the impact is important. Mm -hmm. How we impact our environment, that's important. Right. Maybe that, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's a fault. Mm -hmm. The baby comes, unfortunately, something, and we shouldn't forget that we are, our lives is based on the consequences of what we do, and what our previous generation is doing. Mm -hmm. So it could be that. Yeah. I don't know. It's for now what I see based on my own life that I had a beginning and I'm going to have an end. Mm -hmm. 
um, I see that I really don't have any choice between these two. You can probably, we have all heard, when it's time to go, it's mm. time to go. You yeah. cannot stop it. Yeah. We may a little bit prolong it or shorten it because of what we do as a consequence of what we do. Mm-hmm. But eventually our destiny is to die. Right. You know? And when I say die, people usually think of something bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know why death is so bad. Mm-hmm. In fact, actually, a psychologist, which I was talking, she told me that I have a severe depression. I said, why? She said, because you want to die. I said, no, 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 I don't want to die. But I'm saying, if death comes, I have no choice. Right. It's part of my life. Mm-hmm. Death is part of life. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a journey. Yeah. You, you have to go. You have to, the death here is a birth somewhere else, right. potentially. Mm-hmm. Based on the majority of the teachings that we have, that's that's the way it is. So, in my opinion, and that that's actually a thought that a, one of the gurus of philosophy put in my mind. He said that death is not actually a death. Death is a trans transformation. You transform from one thing to another, which that kind of confirms that. I believe that our spirit is our operating system. It's our software. Mm -hmm. So it gets uninstalled from this hardware and potentially will be installed somewhere in another hardware, in another form or shape, or or maybe here. I don't know. I do not um, deny, say, reincarnation either. Maybe Mm -hmm. we have to come back to do another fulfillment or another course of learning, or maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so cool. Nobody has come back from the other end to <laughs> teach us, yeah. to tell us, you know. One day. You see why I like yeah. getting massages so much. <laughs> I can see why you're, you should be paying double. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Just that the word transformation, right? Like maybe death is some form of transformation mm-hmm. to another. What do you think about transformations during your life, during our lives? If I think who you were as a child, who you were as a student in university, in your company, in Iran, and then we've come up to the point of coming to Canada. Mm -hmm. Like those, I can imagine, were pretty big transformations in who you became and the kind of impact that you had on the world around you, that the world had on you. How do you see your life in terms of those transformations? I have to, first of all, give this credit that uh, a lot of this transformation has happened in Canada mm-hmm. and through living with my wife mm-hmm. here. And she had quite an impact on me in terms of um, when we have been talking to each other. Um, kind of whatever she had in her mind as well, very similar to mine, but different life story. Um, she had quite an impact in terms of opening my mind, grounding me, and um, calming me down. Because I was a very, very uh, hyper guy when I came to Canada. Mm-hmm. I was one of those corporate guys, run, 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 and this and that, and 
few things that I had courses, learnings, mentors, and one of my, I always say, one of my angels and my big mentors was my wife mm. here in Canada. So the transformation that you're talking about that to this point that I have, um, again, it's the those processes that are happening in the algorithm of my life. Mm-hmm. Either if it's in form of a sequence of processes that are happening or it's based on the decisions that I'm creating. And then it, hap- it has happened and it happens in all of our lives that we get into a loop. Mm-hmm. We keep repeating things that we don't learn the lesson until a condition fits and then we come out of that loop and we get in get out of it mm. and that's that's the lesson that we learn mm. that condition so in my opinion i think all of those processes has been good or bad has been the building blocks that mm-hmm. built my life so far up to this point good or bad successful unsuccessful some people may look at me as a cool guy some people may look at me as a loser i don't care Mm-hmm. It is my life, and I and it's it's the life that I have built based on what I have seen before. And when you see, as you said, based on Steve Jobs' quote, that when I look back, I connect the dots, mm-hmm. and that helps me to shape my future as well. I uh, at this age, I still think that there is a future. And if it's not, tomorrow I fall somewhere, you hear news about me, <laughs> it is life. What can we do? It is, that's, that's my journey has been finished. Maybe, maybe this was the impact that I was supposed to have, and that's it. After this podcast, I'm not in this world. You never know. Yeah, I hope you know? not. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. But it's, it's the things. That's why I don't close myself especially recently, mm-hmm. to uh, express myself mm-hmm. um, the way that I am. Yeah. So if it's in form of chatting with you guys or chatting with my club members and Toastmasters that I go or sharing my stories, I you never know where you can have an impact. Right. Mm-hmm. Normally in my club, they know me as a comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually deliver humorous speeches. Yeah, I do. Mel- I make a lot of jokes in with people, my surrounding. Life is not that serious. Mm-hmm. But, um, but even with those, you never know when you're bringing a smile to somebody's face. You don't know what internally, what they are going through. Right. That that smile can change their lives. Yeah, that little smile. So if that's the case. That transforms me, and that that brings me to this point that maybe I'm getting closer to the fulfillment of life. Wow, I love it. I would agree. I think I believe the same thing. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring this as well, because this quote, I have heard it in this movie. Have you seen the movie The Best Marigold Hotel? A long time ago, I don't remember. Oh my God, this this movie. <laughs> if you can't remember this quote from that young Indian guy, mm-hmm. definitely go watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, 
Beautiful what he says. He said, everything is going to be okay at the end. Mm. If it's not okay yet, it's because it's not the end yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me feel better. <laughs> I love it. I don't know why. I like it. I can see why you love it. It's the flame. Like, I feel like there's a theme in everything you're saying. It's almost like surrender. 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 To yeah. The universe yeah, yeah. has mm-hmm. a plan. Yeah. And everything will be okay. Yeah. I mean, eventually. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. if it's not okay yet, it's not because it's not the end yet. Yeah. It's it's really, really, if you think about it, it's actually very uh, nice saying. Yeah. I, it, you I, should feel good about it. What are you talking about? It's making me laugh because uh, I had an uncle who once said to me, I think we were, t- we were doing something and he was stressed or I was stressed. He said, don't worry, in a hundred years we'll all be dead. <laughs> yeah. And that's a less elegant of saying something similar. We have similar <laughs> saying. We say uh, the first hundred years of life is the hardest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, good. <laughs> that's, that's a proverb, right? Yeah. But you know, it's, uh, it's cool because it's like, if you have that comfort, it, in the end, it will be okay. That may not, that actually makes right now okay. Because what is the definition of it's okay? A lot of the definition of it's okay is the uncertainty, like the like the anxiety mm-hmm. over, anxiety, I guess mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Anxiety is what makes it not okay. But if you have comfort of it's going to be okay in a way, no matter what is happening right now, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a little bit more okay at least, even if yeah. it's not... And also the definition of end. Mm. And end is not absolute. Mm. As Einstein said, everything is relative. Right. So we don't have anything absolute. The only absolute in my, because I believe in God, is God. Mm-hmm. The only absolute in the world, in the universe, is God. That's it. Um, although we don't know who God is really, mm-hmm. not, we don't have any... Uh, knowledge of it, but uh, that in my it appears to me that he's the only absolute. Mm-hmm. That everything is s- summarized in him. That's right. it. It's the rest is uh, relative. Right. What we think of end, maybe we think of life on Earth as an end, mm-hmm. which necessarily it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, practically, almost everybody believes that there is a life after life. So necessarily this is not something that uh, we would call it end. Right. Or beginning. Mm -hmm. Are we, do, does our life start when we come to this earth? We are born here or no, we have been living somewhere else. We just transformed here. Mm. Got transformed. Yeah. Apparently based on the stories that you hear, at least in three major religions that I have read and I we have been transformed from somewhere else. We mm-hmm. have been kicked out of the heaven and came here. Yeah. Because of bit an apple. <laughs> it's very interesting. I love it. <laughs> um so we in your journey so far we've made it to Canada. Yes. How did you go <laughs> from computer science? There's probably a, a bit of a time in between this, but how did you get into uh, from computer science into like massage therapy and healing and just 
in general caring for bodies. Well, that was another kick in the butt by universe. <laughs> um, when I came to Canada, I started working at Future Shop. Okay. Uh, as a salesperson, then I went to warehouse, and then, then I went to a technical part of the company and became a technician, IT technician. And then from there, I got hired into a consulting company, um, small company, but it, it was very interesting product that they had. Uh, it was benchmarking. And I entered as an IT technician, became a developer there because of the ideas we sold to the management oh, in okay. terms of creating databases for this, for the processes that they had. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, I had the opportunity to do some marketing. Um, I cannot go into details of it, yeah. of course. Uh, I did some marketing and we landed the project into the company. And then from there, I became a, a kind of a project coordinator with that particular project. It was one of the biggest projects that we got. Wow. And then uh, from there, I became a contractor because my mom now got sick in Iran. I had to go back and forth. Okay. So with being an employee, I didn't have that luxury. So I asked my boss if I could become a contractor and out of his compassion um, and the fact that he knew my mother, he met her both here and he agreed that I do that yeah. and uh, he allowed me to do that. But 2000 and before I get there, I should say this. In 2007, uh, my wife got sick with some weird headache. Okay. And uh, the only thing that was helping her was craniosacral therapy and massage and stuff like that. Gotcha. And that caused me, and she already had this company because she was the frontliner of the company that we have that I work right now, the massage okay. clinic and yeah. rest assured body works. He was running this and when that headache hit, she couldn't do it. But at the same time, I because I was a co founder of that company and partner with her, I thought not only I can help her, it's good for me to learn the industry that I am partnering with my wife. Right. And so I went and took some courses in massage therapy and reflexology and craniosacral therapy. I learned these mm -hmm. just to learn it. Uh, I was not planning to become a massage therapist or anything. Right. I, was, I was having my own uh, career and my work. Yeah. 2003, when she got those headaches and uh, situations, she had to quit his, her job. Right. But she could work in massage therapy, so she opened a clinic in Englewood, and we worked with a chiropractor at the okay. time. Uh, we rented a room from him, and then we moved to downtown. She moved to downtown, and she rented from there because he was moving out of there. And then after she moved downtown, uh, the fellow chiropractor was retiring. Mm -hmm. So she thought, how about if I work from home? Yeah. And she found 
she had the vision what kind of a house she wants and she what she wants to get mm-hmm. so she started searching the internet and found this house that we are on right now we started working there but she got busy mm-hmm. she got busy to the point that we felt that with her and another practitioner because when you're doing home based business you can have a non resident to come and work for you right legally uh, so they were getting busy and to the point that we thought that the neighborhood may get disrupted i mean we didn't want to have a bad impact on the neighborhood and they get frustrated and so we moved to commercial space okay uh which was cross from chinook mall um in those two mid rises uh, white mid rises there we, yeah we we worked for 5 years there and that was 2009 we decided to do that. 2010, we moved there, end of 2010. And at the same time, when I, when we moved there, I, we did the grand opening and everything. 2011, I got laid off mm-hmm. because I was a contractor in the company and obviously when the situation of economy goes a little sideways, contractors are the first to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I got laid off and probably my position was not required. At that time, I was doing, um, managing the projects, the budgets of the projects of the company. Gotcha. The whole company. So I was the now project budget coordinator mm-hmm. for the all the projects in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, they, they laid me off and I got laid off and I came to the clinic. It was end of April. And at that time, we sold 800 coupons through Groupon. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I came to the clinic, and I had the training, and I had my registration and everything. Um, but I was not planning to work. Yeah. And I told Shelly, I said, okay, well, I got laid off. She said, that's your room. Go, yeah, go to work. <laughs> that's as simple as that. I became a massage therapist. Oh, wow. And through that, uh, Groupon actually... A lot of our friends and our very main loyal clients came through that group one. Wow. We, we met a lot of very nice people mm. through that group one. Mm. Yeah, which, to this point, they're still my client, they're still my friend, uh, or Shelly's friend, or yeah. we met a lot of great people. Holy. Good for you. That's fast. Uh learning the skill of massage to and i love it again i love my work what i did when i saw that i can help people yeah physically and sometimes through the conversation if they have some issue emotionally if i can be of help Mm -hmm. of course i try not to suggest anything because that's counseling which is i'm not Mm -hmm. but i ask questions and guide them to the point that they come to their own conclusion. Yeah. I think I've done to you I've too. Seen that, that, yeah. I've seen it in person. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard hints that you, like you said before, the algorithm of life, you're mm-hmm. bringing these concepts of, let's say computer science or, or engineering to, um, to, to life and to what you do. And is there something like that as well with the the body and what you have learned about? Oh, obvi- absolutely. Our body is a great machine. It's, you know, we are a great system. We are one of the 
most sophisticated systems we you can come across. It's a universe in its own. It's, sometimes people tell me, oh, from computers to massage, it's mm -hmm. a big shift. I said, no, it's not a shift. It's an upgrade. I went from a man-made computer to a God-made computer. This system is so intelligent. First of all, I don't know if you know or not, we are about, we have about seven, 13 subsystems in our system. From cardiovascular, from lymphatic, from nervous system, from mm -hmm. all these systems, 13 of them. And they're working all integrated with each other. So there must be a way of communication between these systems, mm -hmm. subsystems, that runs this system intelligently. And obviously we are having that software that is running all of that, this, uh, this spirit that we call, uh, in philosophy I call it operating system. It's our Windows or mm. Mac OS or whatever. Yeah. It depends what computer you use. Yeah. It is, this is our operating system and that has an intelligence of its own. Our emotions are part of our software our feelings, our mind. Our mind itself, it's a software, but the brain is your central processing unit. It's your CPU. Your memory is there. Your processing is there. Your nervous system is part of your wiring. Mm -hmm. If I want to go to those examples, it takes a long time, but definitely body is... I used, actually, body brought me to this, and I keep thinking of... Okay, so if the body is our computer, if it's our machine, if it's our hardware, mm -hmm. where is the software? Then it comes to me, the, the spirit is our operating system. When you know mm -hmm. that concept, of course, don't forget, we are not mapping human to computers. We are mapping computers to humans. Um, the computers are built based on mm -hmm. studying human body. We are trying to get to the robotics and create the artificial intelligence and and uh, all of those components that they're coming in computers to to create ourselves mm -hmm. or recreate ourselves a lot of people are freaking out from artificial intelligence i don't know why mm -hmm. we are artificial intelligence we are intelligence that i well i don't know if we are artificial or organic but we are an intelligence. Why Why um, another intelligence that we are creating should freak me out? Of course, AI may not work. Oh, they're going to know about everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And do you think they don't? <laughs> <laughs> do you think what we are is not registered somewhere in universe? Mm -hmm. Why? Why do we have to freak out about AI or other things. Of course, evil is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> i kind of getting to the point that I don't even believe in it. evil. Mm -hmm. It's just two, two sides of a wave. Mm -hmm. It's either positive or negative. Positive or negative, it's not the concept that we know as positive mm -hmm. and negative. Mm -hmm. you know? Positive and negative, it's like a voltage. That goes plus five, minus five. Mm -hmm. Zeros and ones. These are these are how how we can 
learn about things mm. uh, because our senses are working based on opposites. Mm. It's an interesting, like very analytic way, analytical way to look at very abstract concepts. So it's yeah, very in, interesting. Uh, actually, yes, it is. Uh, our 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 spirit or our operating system is abstract. It's like a software. When you write a program, when you write a software, as long as you haven't installed it on a hardware, it's abstract. It doesn't mean anything. Why we are here, sometimes I ask myself. I've heard in some other philosophies that they say we are here because we need to manifest. Or probably God needed something to manifest that abstract. Mm-hmm. So created human being as a as a manifester. Hmm. Of course the universe is too big that I consider ourselves as such an important person, but yeah. we we have to live somewhere anyway. But uh so we are manifested. We the, and when we look at this, if that software is written and it's created, as long as it's not installed on this body or any other shape of body. That's abstract. Even look at animals. Uh, they're very similar to us in mm. terms of the anatomy. They have legs, they have arms, they have wings, which mm. we, we do have in our scapula. It could be <laughs> wings. Now became arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very similar. If you look at the concept of the anatomy of the all the animals, they're very similar to we are very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Just the software is changing. Some software is intelligent like us, as we call it, ourselves intelligent. But they have other intelligences that we call them instincts. Because they are not, what can I phrase it? They are there in their, in their software. They're, they don't have to think about it. We have to think about using our instincts and mm-hmm. we analyze. They don't. That's thing. So, yeah, animals, animals, they have suffer. I call them peripherals. Um, it's like a printer. It's not the main computer. It's the printer or it's the um, keyboard. Mm-hmm. Peripherals that they are around us, that they allow us, that we get feedback from the environment, and we learn how to manifest based on what they have, capabilities they have. Instinct, instinctive, in, instinctively, <laughs> if I can say it right, in them. That, for example, you hear that um, dogs, when the storm is coming, before even the storm, they freak out. Mm-hmm. They go hide. and Or other animals, they run when before the earthquake. At, mm-hmm comes or tsunami comes yeah so these instincts are in there so they have some sort of a radar that they get a feedback from their environment and we but us looking at that then we are getting feedback Hmm. i heard that airplanes actually have been designed and developed and manufactured based on the dragonflies and that they Mm -hmm. flew the dragonflies into into the wind tunnels and they learned how Hmm. The wings should be shaped and hmm. things like that. I, of course, I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah. I've heard that. Interesting. So we learn from animals and we learn from 
their uh, these studies that they are happening in, in the animal world. And mm. getting back to your question, yes, I think our body is a massive universe that mm. we haven't even tapped to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, we have a proverb in my language. In Farsi, we say, means that if you get to know yourself, you reach God. Mm. So maybe, maybe God is embedded in us. Or God, they say that our spirit is part of God. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. Maybe that's how he wanted to manifest in the universe by having partially some human beings in this place, mm-hmm. some other shape of life in some other place we call it aliens. Yep. And mm-hmm. we don't know. Maybe it is. These are the mm-hmm. uh, daydreaming that I still do <laughs> and I haven't got to <laughs> to any answers yet. But it could be. I'm trying to simplify all of this yeah. through the knowledge that I have in mm-hmm. my brain that mm-hmm. I can analyze this and bring it to some sort of a sense for myself. Yeah. I want to come back to uh, the education portion that we were talking about before, like knowledge is power. And now mm-hmm. you're talking about understanding your body and understanding ourselves is, is the path to God. Um, I, I see from your website, like, I don't know if that even covers everything you've done, but there's a long list of studies that you've taken on mm-hmm. on this on this type of education outside of your bachelor's. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you talk a bit about that path, that education, and when what's motivated you keep going? You obviously very quickly already knew how to be like you. You could step into the role of massage therapist mm-hmm. after your initial certification that you received, but it seems you've kept going. I'm curious what you've learned about the body and how you found that. When I felt that I am in this industry and I have, I'm moving forward, um, so I have to educate myself. Necessarily, I don't have to be a PhD or anything, but uh, when you learn different aspects, say craniosacral therapy is another aspect of the body work that you do. And In fact, it's kind of, it's in between uh, kind of energy work versus the body manipulation physically. Mm -hmm. And um, it works on the fascia level and um, sometimes even it just works with the energy. But the, the concept is, of course, it's very light touch because the body, in our brain, we have a fluid called cranial fluid. I'm just using this example as a specific that uh, that you know why I had to learn that. First, I thought that it's hocus pocus, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But Shelley told me, my wife told me, Masood, if you go, I know your brain, where is it? You go, you will like it, you will love it. And I learned and I saw the science behind it that Dr. Oppleger put behind this type of, uh, modality and this type of work mm-hmm. and when I saw the science I really fell in love with it which I would like to continue if time allows in future to keep going with the education of that um, there is a fluid three quarter of a cup in our brain it's generated pumps down to our spinal column 
and this fluid holds our brain. And there is a membrane around it. It's like a tube, tire tube. And goes all the way down to our spinal column, comes back up, partially gets disposed, and goes to our sinuses, and be disposed. And then those that they are disposed in replacement, we get some regeneration of that fluid. Hmm. That creates a rhythm in the body. We call it cranial uh, rhythm. Very subtle, we tune in to that. Just as a, this example, that why it's a touch, light touch, and why do we work at the fascia level? Because that rhythm is so subtle, it's not like your cardiovascular or respiratory that it's visible or uh, tangible. It's You have to really to lightly touch and you uh, tune to it. But uh, a lot of powerful treatments can happen with that, with that type of work. So that was another aspect that I needed to learn. Then another aspect was uh, an, another thing that I went actually in Oakland and I learned it was Brima. Brima is a type of body work. If I want to compare it, it's like a Thai massage or assisted yoga. And they do a lot of, physically they do a lot of uh, work. Then I realized that there is a philosophy behind it. Actually, they have a lot of sessions that they talk about philosophy of life and how you can calm your life down. It's based on nine principles that they uh, they do their teachings. And I realized that although it has a physical aspect, but it has a lot of uh, non-physical aspect, which is philosophical. And the mentor that I, we had there, God bless his soul, he passed, but he's... Uh, he taught me a lot, and I still listen to his tapes and voices that they send through the website to us. It's amazing what that type of work opened my mind by somewhat applying the principles, because it's really, you have to be really present in your life to have those nine principles at all time in your life. You cannot really... I don't know. The environment doesn't allow that you mm. always be at that. Because if you get to that point that you can have those nine principles, you're really in control of your conscience. Mm. It takes a lot of effort to come to control your conscience. We usually work out of our subconscious, normally. Right. Majority of us. Mm -hmm. Very rare people can work out of their controlled conscience to, mm -hmm. to come to that awareness. So, but but it's interesting for me. It it allows me to grow, and that I have a lot of room there too to grow. Still in the body, I don't know a lot of subsystems. I just had a little bit of a study about them, mm -hmm. and this little knowledge that I have, and I collectively I put them together. I always believe. Doesn't matter what you do in your life, engineering computer, sales, marketing, business, whatever you do, you must have your own signature into it. You must. You learn from universities, from courses, from this, from environment, from other people. But as long as you cannot apply those knowledge, or I would call them data, Let's don't call them knowledge. 
call them data, you collect all of those data and turn it to your own knowledge. And then you apply that, that becomes your signature. My technique in my treatment room is totally different than anybody else. I, I do not, you cannot find in any other shop what I do. Because I put my, I'm not saying it's the, be, be, the best one, but I'm saying it's different. Because I have my own signature on it. When I was working, my previous boss, God bless his soul, he was another mentor of mine, which December 6th I'm going to talk about him mm. in his honor, in my club. Um, he, he called me an unconventional employee <laughs> because I did not work like others. I was different. I, I did, and I told him, I said, I don't feel like I'm working in your company. I feel like I'm working in my own company. And that's what I think he liked about my approach to what I was doing. So getting back to your point, I think all of those knowledge that I collected is that, or data that I collected, that I can create a knowledge around it. And how you can choreograph your work that you make it your own. Have you seen these talent shows like Voice or mm -hmm. American Idol? They always talk about, they sing a famous song, mm. but those are the most interesting ones that they make it their own. Mm -hmm. They put their signature into it. Mm -hmm. That That's something I really like about those uh, shows. Mm -hmm. That That kind of taught me um, or brought me to this awareness, yes, that that's actually is the case. doesn't matter what you do. If you're an employee, be a good employee, you have to put your signature in it. Don't try to be a, oh, I have to go be my own boss. Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to. Be an employee, but put your signature into it that makes you, that now you have a niche. You have a signature that is the niche of that work. Right. Not everybody else has it. Mm -hmm. It's up to every single person mm. to find that niche in them. Mm. I don't know. Does it make that, sense? Yeah. No, I, it's amazing. And I think it overlaps a lot with what we have been trying. And I think I have been highlighting through this podcast that it's everybody has their own story. And that's mm -hmm. that's the thing that can't. There's no there's nobody else like you. And to see people bring everything that they are and all of their experiences into what they do is the most inspiring and interesting thing because mm -hmm. that's that's what we want to like learn from each other right that's the thing you can't look up in a book yeah, it's it's, it's that point. collection of who you are yeah when i heard that you guys are doing this i said mom i mean i hope that they invite me because um of course i i would like to go listen more and learn from the other people when the time allows. Um, that's how you exactly you hit the uh, bullseye with that comment. We learn from each other. And that's the best university you can be mm -hmm. from learning each other. I told you that I was in, I mean, Toastmasters in one of the clubs. The reason that I love it so much, it's because there is nobody to teach you there. They're all peers. Mm. Mm -hmm. They're all members, and we learn from each other. If somebody is giving me an evaluation, we don't even call it 
critics. But when I'm speaking and they give me an evaluation, I learn from that evaluation because they see something that I cannot see. Mm -hmm. And necessarily doesn't have to be a PhD or somebody above me mm -hmm. to see that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't believe in that, in fact. Yeah. We, there is nobody above anybody else. There is no superiority. doesn't matter what. We are all in one level and we learn from each other. And those that they are going a little bit higher in any kind of vibration that you call, that may be because they apply that knowledge that they have gained, apply to what they are doing. And that's why they are becoming a little bit above the others and they become some sort of a guru or they become a advisor or mm -hmm. knowledgeable person because they, they have analyzed it and they have applied it. They're manifesting. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> you mentioned finding passion and purpose in every job you have, regardless of what it is. What would you tell people who are struggling to do that? You may not have passion mm -hmm. in everything that you do. But that doesn't mean that you should hate that job right. or whatever you do. Yeah. Anything. Any aspect of life, you can find something interesting in it. Mm -hmm. You can find some humor in it. Mm -hmm. You can find something that will teach you in it. Mm -hmm. Anything. You don't have to be definitely, you know, uh, I don't want to be one-dimensional in saying, oh, if whatever you do, become passionate about it. No, you don't have to. Yeah. What I'm saying is that when you do a work, don't hate it, at least. Mm -hmm. Create some interest in yourself mm -hmm. and then find things that you can learn from it and then whatever knowledge you have from other aspects, see if you can apply those knowledges into your work or life mm -hmm. or, I don't know, relationship. Anything. To see if you can create a niche for yourself that you have, as I said, my my keyword here is signature, mm -hmm. not passion. Mm -hmm. Put your signature into it. Right. That that becomes yours. Although it's a common thing that you are doing, but it's your impact on that common thing that mm -hmm. you are doing. If I wouldn't learn all of these, collecting all of these data from other modalities and things like that and other people's knowledge that I collected as a data, then I... In order it becomes my signature, I have to create my own knowledge. Right. Other people's knowledge for me is the data. Mm -hmm. When I get it, in Burima, we always say, don't always accept what I say. Even this conversation, you don't have to accept it. You collect it, make it your own taste. Bring it to your own palate. Because if I, we bring a batch of apple. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, this is the analogy they use it in Brema. My mentor used it in Brema. Said an apple. If they ask you what does it taste like, your description of the taste is different than Angela is different than mine. Right. For you could be crunchier, for her could be more sour. For mm -hmm. me, oh that tastes sweet mm -hmm. because of my palate. So every person is different, mm -hmm. has different senses. Their senses, in one cases, are stronger than 
in the other aspects, which in mine could be the opposite. Right. That's why we have some people, they, they just talk about love. Mm-hmm. Some people become criminals. Mm-hmm. They hate everything, mm-hmm. you know? They are off the balance, of course, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But their vibration is different. Their palates are different. Mm-hmm. Their tastes are different from the opposite emotions and feelings and ideas or mind. What they have, their, their interpretation is different. Mm-hmm. Some people become even famous criminals. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> like, for example, Al Capone mm-hmm. becomes such a famous criminal. Why? Because he brought all the knowledge and made it his own. Right. Even in, in criminals, they have their own, you know, when you put your own knowledge into it and make it your own mm-hmm. and you have your signature mm-hmm. on it, that becomes, makes you to come up. Wow. You stand out yeah. from others. That's 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 what I mean. I don't mean just the passion. Yeah, passion in I don't know. It, in some cases, it's good, but unfortunately, it appears to me that artificially is being used. Yeah, in many cases. Yeah, it's not completely organic in everything mm-hmm. that I have this passion. But when I get to the point that I have some challenges, then I give it up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. not passion. Passion is way more than that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you said there's nine principles. Is mm-hmm. that the right word? Can you talk about your favorite? <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Because it's not, it's quite hologenic. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of work with all of them. Yeah. Honestly, I cannot say that I have a favorite, yeah. but one thing that I used to be and I'm not much anymore, I will tell you that because it impacted me. Mm-hmm was single moment, single activity. Mm. That's one of the principles of Prima. The reason that that changed me because I used to think and behave as if I do multitasking, Mm. I'm more efficient, which is absolutely incorrect, in my opinion now. Why? Because even when I look at my analogy at the time was, oh, computers do multitasking. You do five, run five tasks. They do, they do it, but they don't. Even in computer world, they do time slices. And in each time slice, that particular task is being done. Mm. So single moment, single activity. Now, it's impossible in the world that you can do multitasking. If you are doing, you're spreading your attention and your focus out, and not only you're not having a good performance, you're actually working against yourself. That changed my life. Mm-hmm. Now, I try. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I try. When I'm working on something, I try to focus on it. At that point in time, that single moment, that single activity is being done. When I do that, then I see that things progress much better. That's a great answer. Amazing answer. If you could say one thing to the listeners that you want to tell the world, what would that be? Be yourself. That's that's what I call it, express yourself. Mm -hmm. Expression, uh, usually I have asked this from several people, that how do you explain your expression? 
you feel you're expressive. And some people say, oh, yeah, I say whatever comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. And they think that that is the expression. Right. I don't believe in that. I believe expression, when you're expressive, it means that you're yourself. Don't need to work for somebody else's, make other people's happy. Mm-hmm. Just simply put it this way. Just be yourself. Consider other people. Doesn't I? Doesn't mean that, oh, it's me, I'm selfish, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying to be selfish. But express yourself based on who you are, really who you are. Right. Knowing that, again, that comes back to your conscious, mm-hmm. how you can take control of your conscious, not subconsciously. When you consciously come to the point that you know exactly who you are, you won't have a lot of these challenges that we see, especially younger generations mm-hmm. that they have. Being who you are doesn't mean being selfish. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do this because I want it, and you don't matter. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I'm saying be yourself, yourself doesn't mean just you. It means you and your environment. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you are, just as an example, if you are in a marriage, yourself means you and your marriage. Mm-hmm. When you're in community, you and your community, mm-hmm. that's yourself. And just as a ripple, just go further and further. Mm-hmm. You will see that that applies when you're yourself, you're actually everything else too, mm-hmm. you know? You're working for the benefit of everything. Yeah not just yourself as a selfish person, mm-hmm. not a narcissist. Right. But being thoughtful about anything else. But you are doing what, again, your signature yeah. is on that thing that you're doing. Right. That's who you are, and that's how you expressive could be. Amazing. I love the idea of a signature. Very Me nice. too. I'm going to use that. Nice. I'm going to steal it from you, and I'm going to use it. By all means. I won't come after you. Okay. I don't have any lawyers. Okay. No <laughs> I, I mean, I have a lawyer, but I don't have a copyright on that. Uh, this was amazing, Masood. Thank you again for joining us. Oh, I think thank everybody you for now knows <clears throat> why I get massages for Masood. <laughs> it's not for the massage. It is for the massage, but not just that. So uh, I appreciate you. I'm glad you came to join us. Thank and, you. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad that you gave me the opportunity to uh, share my my analogy for myself. Thank you very much. Thanks, Masood. <laughs> <laughs>